I've lived in New Jersey my entire life. I've been a fiction writer, actor, playwright, blogger, gourmet chef, home renovator, event planner, landscape architect, and decorator. Now, I'm married to a professional drummer who is also an award-winning photographer, so the arts have always been really important to me. There are so many people in New Jersey that are involved in the arts, and I am planning to talk to all of them. Well, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them. And I'm inviting you to listen in. I'm Lucille Sapio, talking arts and culture, and this is Hazlitt Coffee Talk. If you have any interest whatsoever in photography, then you probably know who Liz and Bob McKay are. Or you should. This husband and wife team own and operate McKay Imaging, one of the best-known photography studios in the area. And the McKay Gallery in Red Bank, where so many artists have begun their careers, has hosted over 40 shows of both virtually unknown and also very famous photographers. Bob and Liz have supported many arts nonprofits as volunteers. The photography that Liz and Bob create is beautiful, from the weddings, which are the mainstay of their business, to their own fine art photography. As usual, this interview happened al fresco, so you may hear a lot of birds in the background. Hello, Bob and Liz McKay. Hello, Hi. Lucille. How are you doing? Now, the two of you are absolutely a power couple. You're both <laughs> photographers, you've run a photography gallery, and you've had a nice degree of success. But Bob, you said to me that Liz is actually the artist, and you don't really consider yourself one. Why did you say that? I don't know if I really said that, but Liz is the active artist, so the past couple of years I've felt like I have not been producing art. I used to quite a bit and that's how we met actually at Brookdale Community College. We were both taking photography classes and we were producing art and not making any money. You know, <laughs> So we decided to start the business together but I'm an artist who isn't working right now very much <laughs> okay. as an artist. Now Gary and I both work from home and we have no problem navigating that. But we really don't work together except when he wants me to hold a light or do his model's hair and makeup. How difficult is it, and I'm going to ask you first Liz, how difficult is it to work with your significant other? For us actually it's not difficult at all. We have just such a well-oiled machine we have established. You know, we obviously love each other in life and we love working with each other but it's actually extremely easy for us. That's not to say that sometimes we don't, you know, go a little uh, head to head on something, yeah. and that's usually creatively, you know. We, do, we are two separate artists, and sometimes we do have to make a compromise in business. Sometimes we butt heads, but that's perfectly fine. Eventually, both of our headbutting gets us to the perfect solution. Mm. That's actually what we come up with, and I tend to be the more stubborn one, I think. <laughs> I'm trying to get my thing through, but with his opinion and mine together, eventually we come actually to the to the perfect little solution. Great. We actually started out working together, mm -hmm. so we did projects together. Our first project was uh, creating an album cover for a friend of mine that had a band. Since then, while well, we've been working together 27 years mm -hmm. or longer and married for 23. So working no, no together. problem there. <laughs> Since you work at home, the pandemic probably didn't affect you as much as some other people. It didn't affect us regarding the way we, we were working because we always worked like that. It obviously affected our business dramatically because we were mm. not essential and we had to be closed for a few months. But uh, luckily, we're very diversified and we made it through. Okay, so About half of our business is 
or was, weddings. And we lost all those last year in the pandemic. They postponed most of them. Some of them canceled, but it, was, uh, it really affected us. Yeah. I'd like to talk about the history of the gallery and the artists you discovered through it. What criteria did you use when you were judging photographs, or what do you currently use when you're judging photographs, especially when the photographer's style is so different from your own? What we always loved about our gallery was that as curators, we did not have to worry about sales. We could choose work that we really liked, and we always hoped that there were sales for the artist's sake, because um, we were very strict about how we wanted everything framed and how mm -hmm. the opening ought to be with food and everything and, and wine. wine. And yeah. so the artists would often have to spend a lot of money, but they didn't mind. Our gallery became a real place that people wanted to show their work over time. Mm -hmm. We chose work that we really liked and didn't have to worry about if it was sellable. How many years was the gallery in existence? For about 12 years, and we had over 40 shows mm. during those 12 years. We started yeah. showing right away Yeah. Um, once we opened. It mm -hmm. was part of the attraction of the space is that it had track lighting all around, and we mm. said, oh, we could have gallery shows. You know, most gallery owners have to rely on sales for their main income, and you didn't have that. No, we didn't. Our main income came from our photography, so. Yeah. Gary and I often disagree about a lot of things, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we often disagree about whether a photograph is good. I base it on my own visceral reaction to it, mm -hmm. and he talks about how in focus it is. Okay. So what's more important, focus or feeling? Well, I think they're both really important. I mean, I have to say I'm more along the lines like you are. For me, it's a feeling when I look at any art, actually. And I can't often critique it. It's often, like I said, it's a feeling. It, it, I, I'm not very good in critiquing and taking something apart. I mean, unless it's an obvious technical fault. But these days, it's really hard to tell because just because it's not focused doesn't mean we actually had a whole show of images that were not in focus. Called they were scenes from a moving train. Uh, and it was one of the most beautiful shows yeah. because and it was just beautiful ethereal images. Yeah. Well, Gary actually <laughs> wanted to do a wanted to do a show that was called Through the Lens Cap, uh -huh. which would be all black. Every picture. <laughs> <laughs> Try to critique that, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, but look at the shades of black. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Because I always found that interesting when people like go into space and they start super critiquing the work. I actually had a hard time in even school when I went to a Cooper Union about having my work critiqued. And I was like, wow, they're, you're really ripping this apart. I'm like, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we've done a lot of judging of shows over the years in the area. And one thing I learned from putting on juried shows is that every judge's different and depending on what they had for breakfast that day or if they had an argument with their wife mm -hmm. the night before or whatever their choices are all going to be different so yeah. I told people all the time don't worry about what some judge tells you or a critique in school or whatever it is listen to it take it in and you can accept it or reject it I had a terrible critique in college on one of my photographs and I didn't believe it and I entered it into a show and I won first prize. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> what is 
the strangest gallery exhibit that you've had? Sandy Johansson mm. approached us and she said, I've been photographing gloves and I, wa I want to do a show. It really just seemed strange to me. It didn't seem like a thing. For years, she had been finding gloves in the road and she would scoop them up. She'd bring them into the studio and photograph them with an 8x10 camera, I think, like a big negatives. And so she got these beautiful, giant... I, I saw that exhibit. I, I, we went to that. The concept was strange to us, but it ended up Execution. making mm -hmm. beautiful sense. And the prints were beautifully done uh, with all kinds of different printing techniques and everything. Gary makes fun of me because I have been, for years, photographing feet. Nothing's so. off limits. I know. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm going to have to find a different gallery. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't closed the gallery. What happened is we started sharing the space with another photographer. And now it's just difficult to have shows because we used to leave them up for two weeks or whatever. A month, yeah. Or a month. Right. And the other photographer's very busy in the studio and it cramps her style a little bit yeah. you know we have a show mm -hmm. in there but so. we do miss them we had one a couple years ago together and that's how we made it work we showed her work and we showed our work ah and uh that was a perfect solution right yeah. <laughs> for us to still and, and we realized how much we miss it yeah. i said earlier that i haven't been producing any work so i was like what am i going to show old work and then i realized that i've been photographing with my iphone for years little abstractions that mm -hmm. I find in nature or urban scenes or whatever so uh, I had an iPhone show yeah ah. so. can you tell me the breadth of the, the type of work that you do well I think one of our mottos early on was that we specialize in diversity that's kind of an oxymoron right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided never just be stuck with one that also keeps everything interesting to us because we might shoot a wedding on a Saturday. We shoot a lot of portraits. We love shooting commercial work. Could that be a corporate job, headshots, product photography? We uh, do large format printing. We restore old photographs. Now, both of you recently worked on the Red Bank Film Festival, and I know you do a lot of charity work. Talk to me about the film festival and exactly how you were involved in it, what you did. The founders of the festival were local kids right out of high school they were film students they were working out of danny sanchez studios danny let them set up an office in there we had been running the brookdale alumni art show for seven years at the time and they latched on to that and i was giving them little tips to get organized and they said well you should come to a meeting and i said well okay i'll come to a meeting and <laughs> Two weeks later, I was director of operations. Liz was art director, and um, we were there for five years. Now, what is editorial photography? I guess in the traditional sense, it's kind of came out of the magazine photography. When you're writing about somebody and you're taking the pictures, then you're usually trying to tell a story of that person when you're depicting them in a magazine. Right. And that's kind you of how the editorial them. was yeah. absorbed mm. into other parts of photography or wedding photography. Yeah. A lot of people call themselves, we shoot in an editorial style. It really means telling the story. Yeah, trying you're to create a narrative. Formals. You're not right. just doing what you're really right. exactly creating a narrative. Starting out as artists, I think 
a lot of photographers who want to be fine art photographers think wedding photography is like the worst place you could go, but I disagree. Wedding photography has been so rewarding, but the gallery is just a whole different thing. We had a combination of well-known photographers like Marsha Resnick, who was a photographer for Village Voice for years, and the gallery was full of pictures of Mick Jagger, William Burroughs, mm. John Belushi, and whatever. And, and then we've had virtual unknowns who have never shown their work. Mostly it was people who were mostly unknown in the area, and that is super rewarding to be able to have those shows because, again, we were not worried about sales. We just wanted to show people the work. Yeah. Now, I fell in love with photography when I was in probably in the fifth grade. And since then, I've always had a camera with me with, when I was in school or anywhere. When did each of you fall in love with photography? And how did it turn into a career? Well, I think I started a little later in year than in the years than Bob did. Uh, I actually, before I came here, I was born in Austria, and uh, I came here as an au pair. And uh, my uncle gave me a camera a while before I was supposed to uh, move here, and that's when I started taking pictures. Uh, once I was uh, here, I started taking classes in Brookdale, and that's when my passion really started. So I started around when I was around 20 with that. Uh, I think, Bob, you started much earlier than me. Right. He, ha he had a very artistic family. So. Right. I grew up in a household. Um, you know, the joke is that everyone on my father's side was either in prison or dead or something and everybody on my mother's side was architects and engineers and artists and uh, some music mix. teachers yeah so you're like half artist half criminal <laughs> yes that's probably that a, i had a very severe stutter as a kid i still stutter as you can tell but um i found expression at an early age and taking pictures and I realized people were telling me when I was already like 12, oh, that's a good picture, you know. So my grandparents gave me three cameras that they had laying mm -hmm. around the house because they were artists and they had, you know, it was a big Polaroid camera and a Zeiss Icon uh, 35 millimeter camera and then a twin lens reflex so I had all this at the age of 12 and I started shooting and uh, I shot a little in high school for the yearbook and just documenting classroom stuff sports or whatever through my 20s I just was producing a little bit of fine art photography and we didn't start our business till I was in my early 30s and you worked construction until then. Yeah, all <laughs> through my 20s, people were like, why are you hanging sheetrock? You should be a photographer, you know. So oh, now I know who to eventually call. Eventually I we... did it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, forget you heard that. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you approach a shoot? Do you start with an agenda or do you wait till you get there to see the opportunities? Uh, it depends on the shoot. Some shoots we have to prepare ourselves for. We kind of like to shoot off the cuff more when it comes to weddings and portraits. I guess we, uh, we just like 
being in the moment and capturing the moment. Uh, I think we do still, I mean, I do often go online and just get ideas. Maybe if I'm not familiar with a location, I see, well, okay, where can we go there? I've never been there. But uh, generally, that's not that's not real preparation. But for uh, shoots sometimes, for product shoots and other things, we sometimes do have to prepare ourselves What, much what about a fine art photography shoot? Oh, well, that takes a lot of preparation for, for the kind of work that I do, especially. Like my personal projects is I do self-portraits, very stylized self-portraits. Mm-hmm. And those are extremely, uh, they take a lot of research. It often takes, takes weeks for them to put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I research the subject that I want to portray in my portraits. I make costumes, I style a set, and that takes often weeks. And then the shot is done, and the shoot is done in an hour. But yeah. that takes extreme preparation. Mm-hmm. But that's probably the most preparation that any of our shoots takes. Now, it's interesting because Gary, Gary came up with that question because mm-hmm. he said every time mm-hmm. he plans what he's going to do mm-hmm. in a shoot, it never works out. And he's found that if he goes there without any uh-huh. set plan for what he wants, yeah. he that, ends up coming up with something better. Very true. That's why I said it depends what shoot it is. If it's a very technical shoot, then it's more preparations regarding the equipment. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just about getting ideas, but you're at the more of an open mind we have the better it is, yeah. I feel like. But no, for but keep your mind open. Liz's self-portrait, she used to actually draw them first. So mm-hmm. she had a very clear idea mm-hmm. how it was all going to look, the background and everything. That has morphed a little over the years. These days, she can do some post-production work and Photoshop. I guess Gary must work similarly, though, with those very staged shots. I'm not sure if he does them at all still the ones he used oh, to yeah, do oh yeah he but. does in fact he's been working on one or two of them well we have come to our last question now we know that everybody is taking photographs with their smartphones and there's really a proliferation of slr cameras out there so how realistic is it for someone to pick photography as a career <laughs> that's what you want to do i had to transition over a period of 10 years into full-time photography with my other job. Same with Liz, because she was working for another photographer, as we said, for years while we built our business. But for a young person that has the opportunity to maybe live at home while they're building the business, I think if you have talent and you have the right equipment, you can do it. Well, actually, I think it's become easier with time, with social media. media. Mm. Like we didn't have that way of uh, getting our work out, advertised for it, we use it as an advertising tool. Uh, Instagram, more so than Facebook probably now, and who knows, I don't even know what else is out there, quite frankly. Snapchat, TikTok, I don't know, we don't use any of it. (laughs) But Instagram, uh, I think young people actually have it easier, at least getting their work out there. Building a business or a career out of it is, is, is a whole nother issue, but getting your work out there has certainly become easier. It's made it a lot harder for us, kind of seniority in the photography business. We've been there for a long time, we're at a certain price level. It's become also easier for people to go out, start their businesses, lot often have one camera and a lens, and they start shooting weddings for a couple hundred bucks. I mean, that might have always been out there, but the digital, it's, it's made it easier. Work on them in Photoshop afterwards, and you might not even be that great of a t- photographer, but you can produce a decent image in post-production. And I think a lot of people are just out there trying to make this a career, and it's getting a little harder and harder for us to, you know, reinforce ourselves as being the experienced ones, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> right. A yeah, little more than $300 a little more wedding. than $300 a wedding. So and many people are doing photography now so inexpensively. We have to justify to people 
why our experience yeah, really nice. matters often. Or and the equipment really still we do have. But like we don't just have one camera and one lens. What if that camera breaks on your wedding? We have mm -hmm. six cameras and 20 lenses and backup equipment and, and the experience to tackle any situation that arises at a wedding you know, or any weather situation, any even relations between people have become just very good at, at resolving all the issues that might arise. And experience, you can't underestimate experience. Yeah. We well. called the company McKay Imaging because in the beginning we didn't know we were both trained graphic designers, we knew illustration, uh, we didn't know exactly what direction the business was going to take. So it ended up leaning heavily towards photography, but it really helps that we can design all our own marketing materials, we've designed all our own ads, all our own postcards or whatever over the years. Not everybody has that, so I would recommend really learning, not just photography but work on your people skills and basic business skills are all I had anybody can do it you have to put the work in that's all well thank you both for coming it was so good to see you thank again. you nice to see you perfect day this is fun this is great <laughs> yeah. I love the arts and I love to talk and that's why I'm talking to local artists and if you like listening then subscribe to my podcast you can do it on this page on iTunes or anywhere you get podcasts I'm Lucille Sapio, and this is Hazlitt Coffee Talk.